Oh, oh, oh. 
After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Ich bin der Harmonie, 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 ich bin der Harmonie,
Shalom, peace. 
J.M. in the A.M. Asher Barra, a.k.a. Pella, here on a Thursday morning. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to a Thursday. Yeah, it could be a better Thursday morning. Uh, somebody else other than the winner of the World Series could have won the World Series. <laughs> it could have been a little bit of a brighter Thursday morning, but all right. Ah, oh, boy, I'll tell you. Someone asked me how I'm doing this morning. I said, how can I be doing Boston's won the World Series. There's only a limit to how well I could be doing on a morning after that. JM in the AM, good morning, everybody. Uh, that's uh, A.K.A. Pella. Before that, Benny Friedman with As a Jew off of the Yes Legacy. Benny Elbaz had Ad Anna off the Tehillim CD. Avramo with Bench. He was here yesterday. And, boy, he got a great reaction. We had great phone calls. We had a lot of activity, emails. Everyone loves Avram Fried for good reason. From the CD entitled Amachaya, Shlomi Daskal with Dance with Daskal and Regesh, Modani opening things up. As we say, good morning. It's Thursday on this final day of October, the 27th day in the month of Marcheshvan. I've been told that today is Yom Kippur Katan Mukdam. There was no Yom Kippur Katan last month because it was Tishrei. Um, right, so Erev Rosh Chodesh Marcheshvan. There was none. 
Was there any Erev Rosh Chodesh? Uh, and, uh, oh, and obviously there's none before Rosh Hashanah, right? So I guess the last one was a couple of months back, at least. I think. I don't know much about it, but I guess if you want to explore more, consult with your local rabbi. I hear more and more people are uh, becoming aware of, I guess what we would call, minor Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur Katan. 53 degrees, 87% humidity, wind southeast at 1, cloudy skies, high 68, showers tonight, low 63. Tomorrow morning, rain and wind with a high temperature, 70 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 84, Tel Aviv at 86, Haifa at 82, and a lot at 81 degrees. Waking up here in Jersey City with 53 degrees, heading up to 68. Good morning, everybody. Well, today, about an hour from now, Rabbi Mayor Soloveitchik, who is the brand new rabbi at Congregation Sheirith Israel, the Spanish and Portuguese synagogue, and continues to uh, hold a uh, distinguished role up at Yeshiva University. Uh, he's going to be joining us uh, next week. I believe it's next week. There's an event up at YU, which he's presiding over, and we'll tell you about that. Always interesting when Rabbi Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik joins us in studio here at JM in the AM. So I'm anticipating a very interesting conversation. And speaking of interesting, Moshe Kindler is going to join us. You know that Hask is celebrating its 40th anniversary. Uh, the night of January 12th, Camp Hask celebrates its 40th anniversary. Unbelievable. And a time for music 27 is set to roll that night at Lincoln Center. Uh, Moshe Kindler and possibly other members of the family are going to be joining us uh, to discuss the greatness of the camp. If anybody would know, it would certainly be him. And that will be coming up in the 8 o'clock hour this morning here at JM and the AM. New York City Marathon is this coming uh, Sunday. It is Rosh Chodesh Sunday. I am told there will be a minion at the start line with a Torah. We'll try to get you that information. I do have it somewhere. <laughs> Can't keep up anymore. And a big hello to all the Chabad Shluchim from around the world who are now in the New York area for the Shluchim Convention and Conference. And uh, please take JM in the AM and jmtheam.org back with you to wherever it is that uh, you live or serve or both. Uh, make sure to bring us with you. Uh, tell your congregants, your friends, your relatives, anybody who's with you in whatever remote area of the world you may be in. Uh, they can listen all day long at jmtheam.org. Feel connected and feel uh, proud to be uh, a member of the Jewish faith. We have an amazing and incredible lineup today on the stream at jmtheam.org. Uh, 9 o'clock this morning, Charlie Harari with the Book of Life. Miriam L. Wallach is going to be presenting That's Life starting at 10 o'clock this morning on the stream, jmtheam.org. I'll be doing the live lunch. Um, Dr. Dr. David Lieberman between 1 and 2. I'll be sitting in tonight on spin class, final spin class before the New York City mayoral election. So this will be my swan song. You know what, you know what Charlie Harari is discussing this morning at 9 o'clock? Dating. He's going to interview Sabrina Newman and Ken Soloway, two Orthodox singles, about some of the issues and challenges of dating and marriage in 2013. That should be interesting. And at 10 o'clock, Director of Yeshiva University Museum, Dr. Jacob Weiss, joins Miriam to discuss the brand-new exhibit, Threshold to the Sacred, featuring the door of the Ben Ezra Synagogue in Cairo and handwritten works of the Rambam, plus Bonnie Dara Michaels, collections curator of Yeshiva University Museum, on the new report, of 139 pieces of art looted by the Nazis and found in a Dutch museum. So there is a uh, there is a lot going on 
on our stream all day long at jmnam.org. Make sure to keep it on all through the day. Where are we going? Oh, we're heading to a um, another great selection from uh, Usher, Sharf, and Sons. Good morning. It's Jam in the Amp.
Thank you. 
ladies and gentlemen, the king of Hasidic music, Mordechai Ben David! It's really nice to be back at Hask 26.
J.M. in the A.M. MBD off Hask 26 here on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Aaron Schechter from Adorama just gave me a crash course in televisions. <laughs> Today, uh, the uh, maven and the geek neurologist, uh, Aaron Schechter from Adorama and um, Dr. Rudolph, uh, who is an absolute whiz when it comes to electronics. Uh, they're going to be on our live lunch today discussing different kinds of TVs, plasma, LED, LCD. That's their focus today. You can catch that at 12.30 Eastern time during our live lunch. We usually post it uh, almost immediately after that, so you'll be able to um, to check out that conversation and become even more educated Thursday morning, 53 degrees, cloudy skies, a high temperature of 68. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Great programming all through the day. Uh, Book of Life, Charlie Harari at 9 o'clock this morning discussing dating. He'll be discussing dating with singles. That should be cool. Miriam L. Wallach uh, with the um, That's Life program between 10 and 11, live lunch at 11. Uh, 1 o'clock, Dr. David Lieberman with sound advice. I'm going to pepper Dr. Lieberman with questions today. I got a bunch of emails. By the way, if you want to participate by email, if you have a question for Dr. Lieberman, send it to me. Nachum at NachumSiegel.com. Send it to me. It will uh, be included today most likely. Try to stump the doctor. Uh, plenty of programming all day long on the stream at jmnam.org, so make sure to keep it with us all through the day. Don't forget the Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel on Twitter at Nachum Siegel Net. And don't forget the latest addition to our social media. Go to Instagram and search Nachum Siegel. Go to Instagram. There's a photo there of, of Avramel in studio yesterday here at JM and the AM. You can check that out. Why not? And like the picture. Why not do that as well? Galait Sal, Israel Army Radio, 1 p.m. newscast for a Thursday is next. We say Boker Toe from JM in the end. Galait Sal, Ashaachat, Kan, Shibel Karmi Mansur, Imashakorechshav. Surya, Eina Yecholayoter, Leatzer Neshekimi, Kach Machriz, Irgun Hapikua, Habein Lumi. We have personally observed all the destruction activities, and they are not now in a position. Uh, to conduct any further production or mixing of לאחר שאתמול לא הושגו הסכמות, שרי הקבינט התכנסו כדי להחליט האם לאשר תוספת למשרד הביטחון בשיעור של 4.5 מיליארד שקלים, תוספת הכרחית לפי צהל, פגיעה במעמד הביניים לפי האוצר. נבוכה בחיפה, במיזם המטרונית, התגלו תקלות במכונות הנפקת הכרטיסים. תקופת ההרצה נמשכת, בינתיים המדינה מפסידה מיליונים. אלדר גילרן תקלות חוזרות ונשנות במערכת מכונות הקרטוס של המטרונית שעלותה נעמדת בעשרות מיליוני שקלים מונות את סיום תקופת ההרצה והתחלת גביית תשלום עבור השירות. על פי הערכות המוקדמות, סיום ההרצה תוכנן לאחר תקופת החגים. 
אך עתה נראה כי ייתכן והמועד יידחה עד לאמצע חודש ינואר לפחות. חברת דן המפעילה את המטרונית מסרה כבכל מערכת טכנולוגית חדשה כגון מערכת קירטוס חדשה מתקיימות תקלות נקודתיות אך הן מטופלות באופן מיידי ההחלטה מתי להפעיל את המערכת נמצאת בסמכות משרד התחבורה טקס ההשבעה של מועצת הרבנות הראשית הפך לזירת התנגחות סביב חוק צוהר המאפשר רישום נשואין בכל מקום בארץ. סגן שר הדתות, הרב אלי בן דהן, הסביר את החקיקה שאושרה בכנסת. הרב הראשי הספרדי, יצחק יוסף, אמר, זה פוגע בעולם התורה. בחוק זה, כפי שהוא מופיע, יש בו משום פגיעה בעולם הרבנות בישראל. ביכולת לשמור על קדושתו של עם ישראל. סעדי במרומים, ואני אומר את זה במלוא הכנות, אני בא לתקן ולא לקלקל. וכל מי שיודע, יודע מה עשינו, ואני, והצגתי בפני מועצת הרבנות הראשית, רק תיקנו מצב מעוות שהיה קודם. יאיר שרקי, כתבנו, הביא את הקולות מהטקס בבית הנשיא. מזג האוויר, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות, ולסיום, גלגלצ חוגגת עשרים. לרגל המאורע, תחנת הרדיו המואזנת בישראל משדרת מהבוקר עצות לנהיגה בטוחה מפי האומנים המובילים. היי, כאן דני סנדרסון, אתם שם במכונית, שימו לב לרוכבי האופנוע, בעיקר לפני סטייה מנתיב או עקיפה, ככה כולם יוצאים בטוב. גלגלצ, חוגגים עשרים, חושבים חיים. אלה החדשות שעורך אסף ליברמן.
One of the classics from uh, Avremo, off of uh, Hask 23, and he, of course, was here in studio yesterday. We talked about the brand new CD entitled A Machaya, which is a which is a uh, an absolute machaya. You got to check it out. And I want to thank Avram Fried for being here yesterday at JMN. And a special welcome to all the shluchim, the Chabad shluchim from around the world who are uh, converging on Brooklyn, New York, this coming uh, Sunday. Actually. Uh, according to Avramo, they're here already, and they'll be spending Shabbos here, of course. And uh, I ask all the shluchim, take JM and the AM back with you, wherever it is you're coming from. Let all your friends, family, and constituents know that they could access us every single day at jmandtheam.org. Well, candidate for uh, district attorney in Brooklyn, New York, Ken Thompson, is with us live via telephone. Many of you, of course, know that we have had an amazing relationship with the current D.A., who has uh, joined us uh, countless times over the years. And to be fair, we're going to um, hear from Mr. Thompson about his campaign, which will conclude, no matter what, this coming Tuesday, because Tuesday, folks, is Election Day. Ken Thompson, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, I, I was intrigued by a couple of things. I was reading your bio. Uh, you grew up in a home where your mother was a New York City police officer. Yes, my that, mother was one of the first women to go on patrol in the history of the New York City Police Department. Now, that's got to be a unique experience, knowing that not only is mom around, but there's a cop around. <laughs> it, it was a it was a great experience because my mother was a pioneer in law enforcement. She joined the police department in 1973 when crime was rampant. And I remember as a little boy seeing her put on a uniform in the in the home. And we were living in the in the projects at the time. She was a single mother struggling to take care of three kids, and she became a police officer in 1973. And they didn't have adequate facilities for women to change into their uniforms when they got to work. <laughs> so my mother had to put a police uniform on every day in the house and go out and let the world know that she was a cop. Your peers, as you go to school and, and grow up in that type of atmosphere, uh, how did they react to it? You know, I think that it was just normal. This That's the only life I knew. I mean, my mother raised me. You know, my father wasn't there, so she was a dominant figure in my life. And I, I thought it was normal, to be honest. I didn't know that she was one of the first women to, to go on patrol in the history of the city. And so I grew up with, with her as a cop, and she gave me the values of fairness, justice, and equality that I have to this very day. Ken Thompson with us live via telephone. Uh, Tuesday is Election Day, and he's, of course, running for district attorney in Brooklyn, New York. Um, One cannot ignore the fact that Brooklyn has had an amazing renaissance um, under the leadership of, uh, you know, the different mayors over the last 20 years, and obviously your your opponent has been has been part of it as a DA of Brooklyn. Uh, With that in mind, why did you decide to run this time around? Because the Brooklyn DA's office is in crisis. We have a DA's office where innocent men have been convicted of murders that they did not commit because of prosecutorial and or police misconduct. Because we have the second in Brooklyn, we have the we have the lowest felony conviction rate in the entire city out of any DA's office. We have the second lowest felony conviction rate for violent crimes and for gun crimes. And so... While crime has gone down, crime has gone down around the country, and it's time for a new DA. We need a DA who's going to 
be in control of that office. That office is out of control because of Joe Hines' failed leadership. That's what I'm running for DA. I believe that the district attorney's office in Brooklyn can be the best in the country. I believe that the duty of a prosecutor is to do justice, not just get convictions. And if you look at what he's been doing over the last 10 years, that office is in crisis because of his failed leadership. Ken Thompson is with us. Election Day is coming Tuesday, of course. I'm sure you're encouraging everybody to get out to the polls and vote all the communities of New York. What's the campaign been like? I'm always curious uh, what people who are campaigning, uh, folks who want to be public officials, what their view is of our community, if you feel welcome in our community. What has it been like over the last couple of months? I have been totally welcomed in the community. I am meeting more people by the day, and I am excited about becoming Brooklyn's next district attorney so I can protect the community, so I can be a champion of the community. I mean, I have been endorsed by a number of people in the community, from Assemblyman Bill Hyken to Councilman David Greenfield. It is going to be my honor to represent the community. And David's One thing I have, I'm sorry, David Greenfield endorsed me last night. Right. Yesterday, I should say, yesterday afternoon. Now, I was going to point out to our listeners that he's going to join us Monday, the day before Election Day, because I believe he himself is running this time around. Yes. Well, I wish you good luck. It is, I, I, I'm, I, I hope I get an opportunity to meet you, because I know that, uh, based on what you're saying, obviously it's been a good experience, but I'm always, I'm always curious to hear what people have to say about our community, because uh, it, 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 it's got to be... A difficult campaign process. We have we have a lot of very involved community leaders in our community. You have to admit that, right? Yes, that's that's true. And sometimes everyone has the goal of protecting the community, and that's what I'm going to do. Oh, that, that's a good way of looking at it. Everyone at least has a sincere uh, a sincere goal, a, a a sincere objective behind it. Uh, you know, people with loud voices and uh, a lot of activity. They want to make sure that the people that they are uh, that they are are concerned about are in fact protected. I think that's a very good perspective. Uh, Ken Thompson is running this coming Tuesday in the Brooklyn DA election, and um, we wish you the best of luck, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Thursday morning broadcast at JM and the AM as we continue at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, where I'm told there's some uh, important races going on up there as well. And around the world in the web, this is jmtheam.org.
J.M. and the A.M., that's uh, Ad Olam done by the Chevra. Reminder, oh, and by the way, album of the week this afternoon on our stream at jmtheam.org is the Yeshiva Boys Choir, very first production celebrating their 10th anniversary. I want to thank Mark Zomik for making that choice. A, um, a reminder, TABC has their big open house coming up this uh, Sunday. You can pre-register online, TABC Open House. In Teaneck, New Jersey, go to tabc.org slash open house. Register online. The program will begin at 10 a.m. promptly with the doors opening at 9.15 at 1600 Queen Anne Road in Teaneck. They're a brand-new state-of-the-art facility with the brand-new Beit Knesset and Beit Midrash. They're fully equipped gym and weight rooms. A student activity center and brand-new classrooms will all be there for you to check out and enjoy. As I've mentioned many times, they've did, they did an amazing job there at TABC. And the students are enjoying the fruits of uh, some really uh, hard labor that went on all summer long. Rabbi Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik will be joining us in minutes here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser is first. His words, Zechonish Masarav Zebin, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The day before each Rosh Chodesh is referred to as Yom Kippur Katan, the little Yom Kippur. The Sefer Oitzer Erchea Yadus explains that the name is derived from the fast and the special prayers of the day, which is like Yom Kippur. The custom of keeping Yom Kippur Katan is not mentioned in the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Laws. It originated among the Kabbalists of Tzfas in the second half of the 16th century. 
The Shalah Kaddish writes that Rosh Chodesh serves as an atonement. This we learn from the texts of the Musa prayer of Rosh Chodesh. In it, we say, Rosh Chodeshim La'amcha Nasata. You have given your people Rosh Chodesh. Zaman Kapara L'chol Toidosom. It is a time of atonement for all their offspring. On Rosh Chodesh, additional offerings were brought to the Beis Hamikdash. It included Ziv Chayrotzon, elevation offerings for favor in Seire Chatos, goats of a sin offering. The Shalah suggests that a person should make every effort to repent, to do tshuva with a full heart, so that when the new month arrives, he is like a newly created person or a Bria Chadasha. Harav Gedal Yeshur offers a very interesting insight into the concept of Yom Kippur Katan. He notes that the holy day of Yom Kippur itself is a time when one takes an accounting of what he or she has accomplished or that which we had wished to accomplish during the past year. It is a day of great inspiration when one aspires to become a better person and to achieve greater spiritual heights. Erev Rosh Chodesh at the end of the month, when the moon is the smallest, is a very appropriate time to reevaluate our lives and to understand that just as the moon will renew itself and once again be full, so too we have the ability to grow and shine brighter than ever. It is on this day that is an auspicious time for self-improvement, introspection, and tshuva shlema. We learn in the Zayar, that those who do tshuva can come near to Hashem even in a single moment. However, the tzaddikim, perfect tzaddikim, may have to work for many years to come as close. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM and the AM, no secret that one of my favorite guests here at JM and the AM is Rabbi Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik, who since the last time we spoke on the air became the spiritual leader of congregation Sha'irith Israel. I am pronouncing that correctly, and that is the Spanish and Portuguese synagogue. Don't tell me, located at 70th Street in Central Park West. Would that be accurate? And how do I know that so well, Rabbi Soloveitchik? Because this past Sunday, I had two family members in the, um, in the pre-New York City Marathon run in Central Park. And I passed your synagogue about 400 times trying, trying to find a parking space. So that's how I know exactly where the synagogue is. Good morning and welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's wonderful to be here with you again. I appreciate that you're here on a very unusual day because one of our favorite topics, and I know it's not our main topic of the day, one of our favorite topics is the, um, the intricacies in the world of sports. Yes. And, and you are here the day after disaster has occurred. <laughs> And that is, of course, that just hour, just unfortunately, I have to acknowledge this on the air. But just hours ago, thank God, while I was sleeping, but just hours ago, the the enemy from the Boston area, the, the one that frequents the New England region, uh, I'm, took I'm the world. I'm impressed that you're holding off on the Yamach Shemam. Oh, I, would, I, no, I, I haven't right. mentioned the name. No, I, would, okay, I would not so. mention the name on the air. Are you kidding? <laughs> unfortunately, they took the title. And your thoughts the morning after? Anything special? Did you feel a different? Did you feel a different atmosphere in the air this morning? No, it's just uh, as a Chicago Cubs fan, it's obviously another bitter. Yeah. Uh, another bitter. Uh, what is for many in Isruchag uh, <laughs> is now uh, for us another another reminder that we, unlike others, have yet to break our klala. Isn't um, that amazing? Yeah. If I would have told you twenty years ago that one of the two teams yeah. 
would have won three World Series by now, you'd be, yes. oh my gosh, could it be us? Could it please be us? That's right. And unfortunately. I will say that that does define, it has an important nafkamina, which is that I consider this really the last Shabbos or Shabbat, as we call it, at the Sheriff with Israel, right. on which uh, the rabbi can really sermonize about baseball. You mean there's, there's a time limit? I think that's right. Meaning, I think it's maybe it's like seasonal. seven days of Tashlumen after Shavuos. <laughs> really? So, yeah, I think so. Very so I do plan to sermonize about baseball. And that will be it. There is no hot stove I, I, league. I don't want to promise, but uh, I, <laughs> I consider this really the last big shot till spring training. So there's virtually no hot stove league in your in your opinion. I think I think, <laughs> and, and I actually think I'm going to be speaking about something really very interesting to baseball fans. And uh, without giving away too much, I do plan to talk about uh, the philosophical implications of the bunt. Uh, because I think it's a really a, a morally interesting. Morally? Yeah, oh, it's fascinating because here you have someone who is eschewing glory for himself right. in order to advance his team. Mm. And when you think about that... Uh, That's why they call it a sacrifice. Indeed, but, as I understand, yeah. I could be wrong here, but I, as I understand it actually, that is not counted against him in the batting area. Correct. Someone who bunts because we are basically makir tov right. that, he, that he actually <sighs> sacrificed himself. But still, he could have gone... He could have swung for the fences, right? And he doesn't. Could have been selfish. Exactly. Now, um, how that fits into uh, the, uh, the haftarah of Machar Chodesh, hmm. that only those who will be in Sheriff Israel on Shabbat <laughs> will find out. And now they'll be coming from far and wide. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> to hear that uh, presentation. Hopefully within the tchum. What, but, uh, <laughs> what time in Manhattan? You shouldn't have that problem. <laughs> right, exactly. What time uh, does the sermon take place, Shabbat morning? Well, it depends on the Shabbat, whether we do it after Musaf or before Musaf. There's an adjustment. Depends on, it depends if there are special occasions, let's say. Wow. There is a bar mitzvah, something like that. Interesting. Then, then we will speak. So after. there's a lot of audibles being called from the pulpit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Most synagogues, you know, have a set uh, a set place in the service for yes. the sermon. Yes. And it's actually... Uh, you I reserve um, the right to change things up, as they say. Absolutely. And it's, it's one of my favorite... Uh, I, I really love giving the sermon there now, especially because um, you are essentially... Uh, when you do it at the end, you are uh, her- heralded by the choir as you walk up uh, to the pulpit. Uh, the choir, as if you were introduced. Which is magnificent. Um, it's just like somebody, right, just like, you know, when somebody's coming up right. to speak the at, fanfare, at right. some major, right, they play something Hail to like, the you know, Hail, we are the champions, you right. know, something like that. Uh, <laughs> so here, this is Emmett Malkano. It's a slightly different theme. Uh, but still, it's, and you know, when, when I first experienced it, I thought, I got to take these guys with me everywhere. <laughs> To, or at least the recording. to sing whenever whenever I go up to speak. It's really, it's, what it's would actually, the Strauss Center say if you started yeah. being introduced with a nice fed for like it that? Would be, it's really, it's really, it's actually quite beautiful because the rabbi walks up to what you call the Aron, but right. Sephardim such as myself uh, call it a Hechal. Right. Um, and you walk up and you say a short uh, tefillah by yourself facing, uh, facing the Hechal. And then you turn around and you descend into the pulpit. Uh, and speak to the congregation. It's really, it's, it's a wonderful. Were these procedures difficult for you to pick up? Like, was there, was it obvious to those who were there week one and week two well, that they tell you what to do and you, and you, I, you, know, you want to make sure you get it right. right. Uh, but I, uh, did you but make I, any mistakes? I early love on? it. I, I'd rather not say. Ooh, it was that bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you Thank can t- God. You can tell he's it's one of my wonderfully so far. You can tell he's one of my favorite guests. Everybody, Rabbi Dr. Mayor Salavechik is here, Rabbi of Shevard Israel now, the Spanish and Portuguese synagogue, which has been at this location for how long? It's Since been in, 1890, I believe. In, on the Upper West Side. Yes, it wow. was uh, created there. Uh, it had, had several synagogues uh, beforehand. The first one was Mill Street, right. uh, closer to where you lived, Achim, yeah, right. and uh, 
And what is that today? You have any clue? What, what right now, there, I don't know that the building exists, right. but uh, we actually have. If you come to Sheriff Israel, it was called Mill Street because of a mill. And we actually have the original mill stone in the hallway, in the vestibule outside the sanctuary. That original millstone from the 1740 Mill Street Synagogue and our small synagogue, uh, where we have uh, services throughout the week, that actually has objects, a pews, what are called the bankas, the benches. Um, and other uh, and other things, including I believe Sifrei Torah, uh, from the um, from the original synagogue, and it's built to look uh, exactly set up exactly as the original synagogue uh, was set up. So it's uh, actually a, an amazing experience to to get up there. And Is that open to the public all day? Like, how could people see that? Well, uh, they could certainly uh, come for sh- services. Certainly, sh- they could certainly come for services. And Friday nights, often um, when uh, after people come, because we often get visitors, uh, very often our shamash uh, will offer a tour for those who are visiting uh, of both the uh, small sanctuary and of uh, the small synagogue and the large sanctuary. And the large sanctuary, uh, have you been inside? Nahum? I've been there. Sure, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's, I've um, also I'm been there. but I think this is really is the. Uh, I've been in. In a lot, in many, if not most, of the large Orthodox synagogues in America, and uh, it's really the most beautiful, in my view. I've been in your sukkah as well, which is magnificent. Oh, that's the inside. Yeah, we have right. an incredible sukkah that's actually uh, made within one of our rooms right. by lifting off the roof, and it is the most stunning sukkah. Um, and just because I have a more Ashkenazic than Sephardic background, yeah. so uh, tolerate my ignorance. Okay. Am I right or wrong that a daily service is much longer than what my typical Ashkenazic service would be? Uh, it isn't really. Uh, we um, like today took them how long? So that on, on, on a non on a non, it's really very similar to to other synagogues. Oh, really? on, a, on a regular day, well, I mean, I, I don't know where you dive, but uh, uh, <laughs> there is an 18 minute shachar. So I can't, I can't. So basically, shachar is like matzah for you. Basically. They call it the matzah. That, is that what they call they it? Call okay, the matzah. Um, but um, for us, shacharit starts at 7:15, and uh, on a non Monday Thursday, we'll end around 7:45. Yeah, that's and reasonable. And on a Monday Thursday. Uh, we end uh, at around 8. Hmm. I will say that Sephardic Tachanun, or as we call it, Tachanunim, right. is longer than Ashkenazic, what's called Tachanun. On a regular day. Uh, yeah, and, uh, on, on, on a, any day. On any day, but especially especially on a uh, Monday or Thursday. Even longer than ours? It is. It's when I was growing has, up, I thought nothing was longer than that. It encompasses everything, uh, meaning it encompasses all of the Vahurachum that, right. that, that Ashkenazim, Ashkenazim say, but... Um, but many other, but but other things as well. So that is longer, and I actually don't understand now why Ashkenazim kvetch so much about <laughs> Tachnon. Um, uh, but uh, we but, kvetch so much because we don't eat rice on Pesach. That's well, why we you know, this, I'm willing to offer uh, a, a get out of Kitneos free uh, car to all those who join uh, Share of Israel wow. in the next 30 days. This is amazing. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I'm authorized to do that. But, uh, You're putting it out there. Anyway. I'm just going to put it out there. Why not? <laughs> all right, Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik is here. Uh, one of the reasons he's here is because uh, on um, on uh, November the 6th, which is Wednesday night, right? That's right. On Wednesday night, uh, you are invited up to Yeshiva University. He will moderate yet another discussion for the Zahava and Moshel Strauss Center for Torah and Western Thought. I've been at these discussions. They are fascinating. This time, you'll speak with the United States Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. Yes. Uh, prominent attorney and a Yeshiva College alum, Nat Lewin. 
is going to be there as well. That's right. I'll be moderating the discussion between them. Uh, we don't want to call it a debate, right? It's not really. No, no, uh, there are, I mean, well, I'm not sure what will happen, but it's, right. uh, these, uh, these two individuals are, are good friends. He's argued in front of the Supreme he Court has, and, and my plan is actually, that was the idea that I have is to essentially focus on, especially on some of the major, uh, First Amendment, either free exercise or establishment cases that, uh, Mr. Lewin argued in front of Scalia. Uh, the Kiryath Joel case is a famous right. case. By the way, um, isn't he limited in what he could say? The, uh, one of the justices of the Supreme Court of the United States, I, I mean, he'll, while he's in office, he'll tell us when he's there. But as I understand that he he can't speak about, uh, he won't want to speak about cases that are upcoming. But he'll certainly uh, but speak those about and defend. Sure, absolutely, really? I think so. As far as I know, from what I've seen him. Hmm. Uh, if not, it's going to be a long night. Absolutely. Uh, otherwise, we're going to have to go back to Marbury versus Madison or something like that. Is he Marbury a- versus Madison, pro or con? Is he is he familiar at all with our community? Not that he, I, it matters, but I'm curious if he knows what YU is when you invite is, him to YU. Um, uh, University once had a Supreme Court case. I don't know much about it, but there was a Supreme Court case involving Yeshiva University. And uh, from what I heard, I, I once heard Justice Scalia speak at Princeton and he said uh, something like um, that he had to actually had to tell some of the other members on the court how you pronounce yeshiva because he grew up, I think, in Brooklyn. Wow. Um, um, I think. So he was the um, uh, sure. He was the liaison uh, for the community. I mean, this was some time ago, <laughs> but but um, but there. But I think uh, he, I believe his father was. I think his father either taught or was a principal in a Brooklyn school somewhere. Ah, so um, he knew the whole he, But he grew up of, from in a family in Brooklyn, I believe. All right, Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik is here. Uh, do these events tend to sell out? I know the couple I were at had big, big crowds, so do people need to reserve seats? So you should it? absolutely, uh, without giving a precise numbers, but we have we have a tremendous amount of RSVPs. Uh, we've actually, we were uh, the event was originally advertised uh, to be in a Weisberg Commons in right. Belfer Hall, you should even holds a few hundred people. Holds, you know, that would we could do an event there with around 450 right. people. We have a lot more RSVPs than that, and we've moved it to Lamport Auditorium. Um, Probably over a thousand. We, seats. And we are expecting, we are expecting, please God, a very large crowd. But we want everyone who wants to come to come. It will be, I think, not just an incredible evening. But also an important event in Yeshiva's history because I don't know, I could be wrong here, but I don't know that uh, the main campus of Yeshiva University was ever visited by a Supreme Court justice. Wow. I know Cordoza has hosted Supreme Court justice before, and probably we've hosted them at one of the Hanukkah dinners or something like that, that would be my guess, or one of our convocations uh, elsewhere. But but I don't think that in Lamport... um, uh, I don't know that we've ever hosted a Supreme Court justice. So, right, so to, to not only host him, but to do it in conversation with an alumnus of of, of yeshiva, who's who's a source of great pride to the Orthodox Jewish community, I think, and to the yeshiva university community, I think, is not just going to be. If you've seen him, he's Justice Scalia's. You can know this from his writings as well. He's brilliant and very funny. Um, but uh, here you'll get to see two people who are friends. Um, and uh, and it should be not only an incredibly enlightening and intellectually engaging evening, it should be, I think, I hope, one of the great moments in Yeshiva University history. All right, Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik is here uh, Wednesday, the 6th of November, 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. up at Lamport Auditorium at, at Yeshiva University's main campus in Washington Heights. 
Nat Lewin, Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, and you will be the moderator. That's right. And if you want to RSVP, you can email us at strausscenter at yu.edu. There is only one S at the end of Strauss, so it's S-T-R-A-U-S, center, at yu.edu, strausscenter at yu.edu, or you can go to our website, www.yu.edu slash Strauss. Uh, because Rabbi Soloveitchik is not able to be here as often as we'd like, I have to cover some other things as well. Please. I am told that there's another big event coming up on the 24th of November, which is a Sunday, I believe the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Yes, before Thanksgiving. Right, before that, which I have to discuss with you uh, as well. Did, well. We will get to that. It's it's actually connects directly to what we're about to discuss. <laughs> really? So, absolutely. I'll, I'll explain why. Um, if you're wondering, folks, I don't know how many people don't know this at this point, Thanksgiving and Hanukkah take place at the same time. The first day of Hanukkah is Thanksgiving Day. I want to add that this is, I want to show the power of Sherith Israel because we say uh, passages from Hallel every Thanksgiving. We have a th- Every Thursday, every, Thanksgiving. Every, every Thursday, Thanksgiving. Uh, regular day. We say some of the... Non-Rosh Chodesh. Uh, some of the Prakim from Hallel. And we've been doing a Thanksgiving service um, by and large since the first Thanksgiving in America, 1789. And it's taken over 300 years, but now all of Kali Yisrael is going to imitate us <laughs> and say hello on With a bracha. With a bracha. It's really amazing. Um, I show up as the rabbi, and look, look what that. happens. It's incredible. Um, it's written, this is only the beginning. Who and knows? Rabbi Heber pointed out to us when we were having this whole discussion about 5774, and of course this yes. being the the most important thing about 5774, in addition, I believe, to it having the most days a Jewish year could have, I believe he told us. Um, but what he pointed out to us was that Thanksgiving was yeah. not always this Thursday in November. No, not at all. Thanksgiving was on many different times. Right. Um, um, and... Uh, and that's so under na- the old system, we would not have had this combination. Now that Thanksgiving is officially the, the last Thursday in November, I think that this is not, so this cannot happen again. Right. Hanukkah and Thanksgiving for uh, seventy thousand years, <laughs> something like so that. So mark your uh, mark your calendars. <laughs> Put it in your iPhone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so on the Sunday before Thanksgiving yes. and Hanukkah will be your official installation. It starts at three o'clock at the synagogue. Yes. And you're inviting everybody. It's open to the public. Absolutely. I, I, there's going to be they'll be announcing how to register. I believe uh, on the website of the synagogue. That's at sherithisrael.org. Okay. And that should be going up uh, today. Um, and this and, date was and, chosen because yes, of the the date was chosen because of for for our synagogue, which is the oldest uh, synagogue community in America. Uh, our synagogue dates itself dates its founding to the arrival of Jews in New Amsterdam in 1654. Right. So we're approaching the 360th year of Jews in America. Um, and and 1789, my predecessor, the minister of Sherith Israel, Gershom Mendesatius, preached the first Thanksgiving sermon uh, in a synagogue uh, ever uh, On after Washington made, gave his, uh, pronounced his Thanksgiving proclamation. And so the Sunday, uh, this is a special uh, event, uh, and uh, so the Sunday beforehand will be my installation uh, as a rabbi of Sherith Israel and as the 10th minister of Sherith Israel since the American Revolution. Congratulations. Thank you. Your immediate predecessor was? Chaim, Chaim Angel. And um, as you know, uh, for many years, uh, the rabbi, uh, the minister of Sherith Israel was Dr. David DeSola Poole, right. uh, which has led now to uh, the most popular uh, joke that's going around the West Side 
is that I've changed my name to Mayor DeSolovechik. <laughs> um, and actually, we had we hosted Lord Jonathan, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, and he announced that joke to the entire uh, packed audience in the sanctuary of Sheriff Israel. So he's always good now, for a joke. Now it's now it's now it's all over. I uh, I personally want to give credit to. Uh, to one of our chazanim, Phil Sherman, and his wife, Andrea, who I believe is the source of the original joke, uh, but now it's been given very wide. Uh, if there's you know. a good one-liner out there, I bet you it goes back to Cantor Phil. Yeah. Oh, you know him. Oh, course, yes. You know, so. He says this is that, that his wife gets all the credit. Here, really? So She's got the sense of humor. So huh? That's what he says. Um, so the uh, exciting day is the 24th of November. The installation of Rabbi Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik at Sheirith Israel, the Spanish-Portuguese synagogue, begins at 3 p.m. You can get information on the website uh, of sheirithisrael.org, sheirithisrael.org, I should say. Sheirith Israel, and uh, we'll have uh, uh, some uh, very distinguished uh, guests. Including? Uh, including Senator Joseph Lieberman will be delivering uh, some remarks, um, as well as uh, President of Yeshiva, Richard Joel, uh, the uh, Rabbi Emeritus of the Spanish and Portuguese congregations in London, Rabbi Abraham Levy, wow. uh, and uh, one of our distinguished members, uh, Judge Judith Kay. Uh, one of the most prominent judges sure. uh, in New York State. Very nice. Uh, so, and then I will be delivering a lecture on Thanksgiving and Hanukkah. There and it, you is go. Called, uh, it is called it is called Thanksgiving America's Hanukkah, and I'll discuss the the political debates actually that took place in 1788-89, I believe in 89 about the uh, about the uh, about whether there should actually be a national Thanksgiving. People take it for granted nowadays, but it was actually there was actually some great debate about it. What about the pop culture aspect? Can't you give us some of your uh, impressions of that? After all, that's that's my expertise. I I continue to yeah. demand from my family that we must have turkey latkes. Do you agree with that or not? Well, there's no question that if there's any time, as pe- many have pointed out, if there is ever a time to deep fry your turkey, right. it is this Thanksgiving. Correct. Uh, and you know, I've seen many many other. Uh, many, many other suggestions. Sufkaniot with cranberry sauce there inside. There you go. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, things like that. Um, and of course, I believe one sh- one Jewish kid somewhere has invented a menorah in the shape of a turkey. No, very you inventive. Know, uh, it's called a menorkey. Uh, <laughs> I am not making this up. He put this on Kickstarter and raised like $45,000 or something like that. I love it. Um, yeah, At least they're having uh, fun with it. Sure, why not? Um, but I think actually one can trace an origin to one of the original notions of Hanukkah yeah. and see that as to some extent the origin of, of the American notion of Thanksgiving. And that would be? Oh, I can't give that away. That's going to be that's my lecture the, the installation. You. That's, you know, that's... And I thought I know, was an investigative no, reporter I to the degree that, where I can get it out of you. That would be like revealing the connection between Machar Chodesh and Bunce. I mean, that's you know, right. I can't... Which we're going to have to wait till at least Shabbos to find out. Yeah, yeah, some of us, it'll be so, after Shabbos. For some, it will be Shabbat. That's... <laughs> I ha- do. I, hey, I yes. hope we have yes. JM and the AM listeners at yes. Sheirith Israel. I hope, and the reason I say that is because I'm begging you. Saturday night, post on Facebook, please, the connection between uh, Buds and Machar Chodesh. So I can know. Well, I would like to invite everyone on the West Side and East Side to come for Shabbat on Shabbat morning and Ooh. hear the connection. Here's what I yeah. could do. Yeah. Here's what I could do. I could walk up Shabbos morning. That would be great. Stay the entire day and cab it back home. Fabulous. Like a real Manhattan guy. Fabulous. I have cash in my office. So I'm happy to hook you up. <laughs> Uh, You'll actually my... pay for my return trip. Absolutely. You're amazing. Absolutely. It would be my honor. <laughs> You're amazing. Um, all right. So the last time you were here, we got into a discussion about, uh, I don't know if it was last time or the time before, but we, we've gotten into discussions about the political history of this country, yeah. democracy, and what that yeah. means. You know, a lot of people, it must frustrate scholars like yourself 
when when the average layperson thinks they know everything about politics and government and history, just like I'm sure for many who are who are real experts in what's going on in the uh, political in the international political world, like what's happening with Iran, and then they hear people just you know giving one line summations of how to deal with the situation, it must be somewhat frustrating. So I ask you objectively if there is yeah. such a thing. How do you view the Obama administration? Like, and I'm not looking for a political bent one way or the other. I'm just curious, like it, w- when you see him and his administration, the context of American history. It's similar to what, or it's like what strikes you about how he's leading this. Well, without, without focusing on the administration specifically, yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I, I feel that um, when you look at America from the sweep of of the entire history of the country, uh, often that gives you a slightly different perspective on a lot of different things uh, that that take place uh, in uh, in public affairs, um, both uh, at times uh, to not. Be worried about some things that people are worried about, and at times, uh, it, without focusing on one specific administration, if you feel that um, that there is a certain uh, notion at the heart of America which is not being uh, which is not being uh, um, honored, uh, then you wor- then you do worry. Um, and uh, let me just give you an example of mm-hmm. something that people do worry about all the time, which I don't worry about based on the sweep of, of American history. Um, you often hear complaints, as President Obama has made this complaint, but it, uh, you hear it from Democrats and Republicans that we live in, an, in a time of uncivil discourse. Right. Right? A terrible partisanship, and, and we're frozen, and there's gridlock. And Obamacare right? is a perfect example. Right. Uh, At least the way the media portrays well, people it. People talk about right. it, 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 it. Right. People on either side right. you know, talk about you know, that we have partisanship tremendously, et cetera. Truth is, if you read about the history of the United States, um, it, things were much more partisan and much more uncivil at certain points in our history. So, I mean, just read about the 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 um, the uh, the, uh, the history of the election of 1800, Adams versus Jefferson, which Adams unfortunately lost. I'm still not over that. Uh, <laughs> you know, for us at Sheriff Israel, we live. You know, we were around there. So I'm still upset. Um, and um, and uh, but the truth is that. It, the, the, we, people complain now about dirty campaigns. Right. You know, I mean, Jefferson hired a man by the name of James Callender to publish basically a hatchet job uh, uh, on Adams and called Adams. I'm not making this up. Something like a hideous hermaphroditical character with neither the strength of a man nor the gentleness of a woman. Something like that. Um, and uh, and and the Federalists, you know, published about Jefferson that if Jefferson is elected. Uh, you know, rape and incest will rule throughout the land, right. and children writhing on a pike—some crazy things, things that no one would ever get away with saying today. Um, and um, so, uh, so our equivalent so, might be if this yeah. person's elected, crime will be rampant, or you know, there'll be anarchy in the streets. That might be the equivalent well, today. Yeah, but even, but even that doesn't is not right, the doesn't same compare. as this. There's a hilarious video out there somewhere. Uh, you can Google this on YouTube, uh, where they they actually show. What would it be like if Jefferson and Adams had attack ads? You, you mean know? TV attack ads? Attack ads, you know, exactly. And they have, you know, like a grainy, you know, picture of John Adams, you know. And and it says something like, you know, John Adams is a monarchist, you know, who wants to bring monarchy back to America. And then you hear something like, I'm Thomas Jefferson, and I approve this message because John Adams is a hideous hermaphroditical character with neither the strength of a man nor the gentleness of a woman. Um, 
Uh, and then they have one for the other side, too. It's an amazing, you can look it up, it's hysterical. <laughs> but it's actually a profound point. On the other hand, um, you know, we spoke at a different time. We, you know, we don't have to have a whole discussion about this, but, you know, I've testified about religious freedom right. issues. Right. I speak out about religious freedom issues because that I believe in. Um, I believe this goes back to what is, you know, and this will be a theme, obviously, that will come up in the discussion of the Scalia-Lewin uh, um, panel or conversation. But I believe that uh, that religious freedom is something that's very uh, central to the, what America is all about. And... Um, and that's why that's something in which I'm engaged uh, all the time, right. not necessarily with one specific administration. I've been involved in that for some time. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, uh, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org, or by Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik, rabbi of the uh, Sherith Israel Synagogue on 70th Street and Central Park West in New York City. The Spanish and Portuguese Synagogue is here on November 6th, which is this coming Wednesday night. You're invited to the Zahavin Moshel Strauss Center for Torah and Western Thought event as um, Rabbi Soloveitchik will be in discussion with the Supreme Court Justice of the United States, Antonin Scalia, and prominent attorney and Yeshiva College alum, Nat Lewin. They will be on campus up in Washington Heights. We recommend you RSVP to the event as soon as possible. On the 24th of November, the installation of Rabbi Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik as Rabbi of Sherith Israel, uh, you will you will uh, dress differently than your previous installation, correct? I, well, I was never installed. Oh, you were never installed. never installed. They don't do that for associates, assistants, etc. Uh, so I did not right. have that. But if you would have been, if you would have gone to an Ashkenazic synagogue, it would be you would be dressed. Well, differently. this is right. This is not a specific a Sephardic uh, garb. It's something that Ashkenazic uh, Jewish clergy wore, let's say, in England up till a certain point. Okay. But it's basically traditional. 18th century clerical garb. It's a black gown. Same uh, as you would wear on Shabbat? I, we have the one on Shabbat is a little nicer. Uh, it has velvet on it uh, also. Um, and I've just discovered I get to have three stripes along Ooh. the sleeves because I have a doctorate. Yeah, like Justice Roberts. I, I asked if I, like Rehnquist, I think. Does Roberts was do it Rehnquist? too? I think Roberts Yeah, but I, don't, I think Rehnquist Rehn- made It was that his up. invention, right. He got that from like right. seeing like Gilbert Correct. and Sullivan. Right. Or he like created that. it. He made that up. So that's exactly <laughs> what I said. And I thought that maybe since my PhD is for Princeton, the stripes could be orange. But apparently they told me not. <laughs> which would be better because we do we go outside now. I wear my gown outside for what you call Kiddush Levana, what we call Birkat Levana. Right. You know, and it's dangerous to go outside in a black. You know, down, you know, uh, so having the orange stripes would be handy. Right? But, uh, um, but yeah, and I wear uh, the, you know, the collar that's, you know, the Geneva bands that right. has, you know, I, I look like uh, John Witherspoon, if you've ever seen it. So picture, you'll look uh, similar to how you look during a regular morning service, or? I know, I will probably wear the Shabbat gown. Ah, you will wear the Shabbat yeah, gown. And so a special hat, of course. Right. A special clerical hat as well. And do other uh, officers or rabbinic leaders in the synagogue also dress in that type All of All those who participate on the teba, meaning any clergy or chazanim. So the gabai, for instance? That, no, the, 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 per, the, the person who runs, oversees all the rituals, the shamash, right. and on Shabbat he actually wears a top hat, tails, and morning suit. All year round? All year round, every Shabbat. Does he know the Memorial Day Labor Day issue? I, 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 well, <laughs> Where I, you'd I, have to switch to a straw hat. I, I, there's a, we, uh, that we do have... You know, we 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 don't we're not in the main sanctuary during the summer, ah. but you know there are rules, right. and and we have incredible um, rituals for every. I mean, there are special Shabbatot uh, for uh, uh, anniversaries of consecrations of our earlier synagogues, um, and wow. uh, there are all sorts of incredibly beautiful things that happen there all the time. You, I, are, I, you I, saying, yeah. uh, are you saying are you saying the Saint Talmud yet or not? No. 
that is also based on the solar calendar, just like the, the Ashkenazi? We, we're doing the same, same thing. Same thing. Exactly. And Shabbat, uh, you would call what we call a Kiddush. What would you call that? Also a Kiddush? A or not? Kiddush. You do call it a Kiddush. Right. And any different... <laughs> I'm not talking about the menu. I'm yeah. just saying that the, get, the rabbi would get up and say Kiddush for everybody. Is that essentially... Sure, not? though. Uh, we do it not inside the sanctuary. I, and uh, I don't... I haven't checked into this, but I understand that that might be linked to the Psach of... The Shulchan Aruch, meaning Rav Yosef Karo, that, right. sh- that there's an issue of Shinu Makom, uh, or Shinu Makom, right. uh, uh, regarding, uh, Kiddush. But, yeah, we don't do it in the sanctuary, but we do it at the Kiddush itself. Wow. Um, but yeah, there's a, the, the liturgy is not that different. The, 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 um, the, 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 the situation where you see, where you really see something differently through very different liturgy, is on the Yamim Norayim, uh, because there... You're still waiting for an Asanatokif. There is no an Asanatokif. Right, so you're still... Where is it already? Um, but on... Uh, so what, you know, what people may be used to, um, if you grew up with that, is not there. At the same time, there are some just incredibly stunning piyutim, um, which are just extraordinary, um, and to me, really change the entire experience of the Yamim Norayim. Uh, just to mention two specifically, and... If there are any, I don't know how many Sephardic listeners you have. I hope uh, we have a lot. I hope we have a lot in your congregation. I hope so, too. Um, But if you can, I think they actually have the Spanish and Portuguese choir from London on YouTube singing these with a slightly different tune, but it's pretty much the same. Um, There's um, uh, Eich Sharei Ratzon, which is the introduction to Tekiat Shofar. And it's a poem about the Akedah. Literally before the brachot? Right before. And it's a a poem about the Akedah. And it it is heartbreaking. And so beautiful, and the tune is so beautiful. And then there's the introduction to Ni'ilah, which is El Nora Alila, which is also, you can see on YouTube, and it's just... I think we have modern songs with those words, if I'm not mistaken. It could be. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, among Sephardim, it's very well yeah. known. And uh, to me, uh, Rosh Hashanah was, was very different. It's, 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 um, it's a lot less of the dread. Um, Rosh Hashanah and Ashkenazic liturgy is... is a lot of focus on Yom Hadin, right. uh, right. uh, that we don't have that. Right. Um, it's really like it is in, in Sefer Ezra, when Ezra says on Rosh Hashanah, when they're all crying, and he says that it's a sore to cry, and he says, Leich, you know, go home, and Ichlu Mashmanim, Ki Chedvat Hashem Hima because the joy of God is your strength. That Rosh Hashanah is really a joyous day, when we crown God as King of the Universe, and you really experience that here. So to me, it was not just very uplifting day. It was it was all, it was both religiously and intellectually. It was religiously exhilarating, but it was also intellectually fascinating. It was a whole new side. How large is the choir? Just out of curiosity. The choir, the exact number, I think, uh, is not always constant, but I mean, is it five or fifty? No, it's around it's around uh, between six and eight, I believe. Six and eight. I could be wrong. With and that, so. and um, I want to mention before we wrap up. And they're incredible. I just want uh, the choir is absolutely. I mean, are there incredible. choir members who've been choir members for a long, long time? Sure. Well, our choir master has been uh, conducting the choir for decades. Oh, um, so it's got to be... And uh, these are professional singers. Uh, not on Shabbat, there actually many of them are, are, if not all of them, are professionals. You know what we should do, Rabbi Soloveitchik? Yeah. Yes. We should broadcast this show one morning. From Sheriff Israel. From Sheriff Israel with the choir. Uh, that would be cool. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, I would wear my gown, but people What happens see. Hanukkah morning on Thursday Hanukkah? Will, that, will there be a choir? Anything special? Or? Uh, well, we have a very, it's actually a very wonderful, we'll have a special Thanksgiving service. Right. And that's because uh, it's Thanksgiving or because, because it's, it's Hanukkah Thanksgiving, or both? We'll do everything from Hanukkah, right. of course. Um, and we use a, uh, one of our old, one of our very old ritual objects, a menorah, or as we call it, a Hanukkiah. Hanukkiah, uh, that's the way to call it. Um, which is, uh, which tradition uh, dates to the original synagogue, 
and um, and then we're actually right on Central Park West. So then the kids, if you come to oh, that's the, right, Shacharim, the, that's the kids go out. We have hot chocolate, <laughs> and the kids go out on the portico right. of the synagogue, and right in front of their faces are, is the uh, is Thanksgiving the big bird. Day Parade. <laughs> they start with us in honor of us being the uh, oldest uh, synagogue that's why. Uh, in America. That's why. That was the reason. Macy's is unbelievable. They we recognize religion. We were at religion. the first Macy's Day Parade in 1789. We were there. Unbelievable. It was, it was, it was absolutely incredible. But there was no big bird. No, at least as far I, as not that I know of. There were just huge red coats. Uh, <laughs> that was it. You know, that, uh, everybody booed as it, as it went past. <laughs> no recordings of that, huh? No, not uh, that I know to, of. Get, last, to, get but the, to get the crowd reaction I, from that day would be cool. I will say this, that uh, a couple, um, around a week ago, I went to the archives of Sherith Israel, and uh, the, the Thanksgiving sermon uh, that, um, that uh, was given in 1789 uh, I held a handwritten copy of that uh, in my hands. That was given by Gershom Mendesatius, Minister of Sheriff Israel. Um, and I hope that we'll uh, display that actually on the day of my installation. That's my very great hope. Um, so we, I hope to dis- we, that we'll display a couple of, uh, of treasures uh, from Sheriff Israel history. Unbelievable. Uh, because we really embody the story of Jews in America more than any other synagogue in America. Well, no question about that. Um, don't for, oh, and one last thing I want to mention before we wrap up, and that is uh, explain to our audience what happens on, I believe it's Memorial Day? Is yes. It, we'll tell uh, we usually happens. do it around Memorial Day, not necessarily on Memorial Day, but we go to our original cemetery in Manhattan. Um, and uh, All the way downtown. Which, is, which I know you've seen. My mother, who grew up on the Lower East Side, right. said they used to go by there on, t- on Tisha B'Av. Right. Um, I think I pass um, it every day when I make yeah. that left to East Broadway. <laughs> um, and uh, we actually decorate the graves of members right. of our synagogue who fought in the American Revolution. Um, and I, this year, my first year, and I'm going to speak about some of the people I believe. When we were champions get together, you heard me speak about Jonas Phillips. Right. Jonas Phillips is buried there. Um, and... Uh, I'll speak about him. He's one of my favorite uh, members in the history of Sheriff Israel, grandfather of both Mordecai Emanuel Noah and Uriah Phillips Levy, the naval war hero. Um, and uh, he is buried in our synagogue. And we, he synagogue is one of the cemetery? People, synagogue cemetery, right, exactly. Not in our synagogue, <laughs> but in our synagogue cemetery. In our synagogue cemetery. And he's one of the many uh, extraordinary members uh, who we honor on, uh, on, uh, on around Memorial Day. Uh, how many... How many uh, Ashkenazic synagogues uh, uh, decorate, uh, uh, decorate, the, honor the member, their members who fought in the in the in the Revolutionary War? Very few. My guess is, you know, even even so, even the Bialystoker synagogue, <laughs> not uh, old enough, of my dear friend Rabbi Ram, does not. Uh, does not does not do that. Correct. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. But if you're in that area of the cemetery and you need some refreshments, the Bialystoker would come in very heavy. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> there exactly. you go. All right. Don't forget, Wednesday night, Rabbi Soloveitchik invites everybody to be there when he speaks to United States Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia and prominent attorney and Yeshiva College alum Nat Lewin. It'll be on Yeshiva University's Wolf Campus in Washington Heights. By the way, what's the policy? Because I have a... A a a um a son at Yeshiva University, and yeah. I never I never know how to paskin the following Shiloh. Yeah. So please help me paskin. Sure, I'd be delighted. Class till nine thirty. Yeah. Soloveitchik at seven p.m. Oh, what do you What do you tell him? Moral conundrum. What do you, what do you tell him? Because you know there are a lot of students who like to who who like to gravitate to events like this, this and, is, and know, even at the at the at the sacrifice of missing class. I I don't really want to poskin this because <laughs> I can only rely on the Sephardic tradition that I represent, and you know he should really talk to an Ashkenazic <laughs> posik. 
uh, to address this, <laughs> You're very not serious to moral, this very serious moral conundrum. <laughs> you know, he should really seek out a, uh, you know, a. Uh, the truth is actually, uh, in seriousness, actually, I should mention that. Our synagogue has had an incredible diversity of both Sephardim and Ashkenazim, probably. You have Ashkenazim davening there? Oh, prob- we've had probably, there was probably a majority of Ashkenazim. Now it's probably around 50-50. There's probably a majority of Ashkenazim there from from the time of the Revolutionary War. And we embody simultaneously, all jokes aside, on the one hand, an incredible, an incredible minhag and liturgy. Uh, and on the other hand, we represent the entire diversity of the American Jewish community, and therefore, I really think more than anyone else, we embody the story of the Jews in America. Wow. We are really America's first congregation. We are America's no synagogue. Question. I don't think anybody could deny that. Yeah. There will be a lot of students there Wednesday night. Uh, Let, absolutely. Let's at least establish that. Absolutely. You're appealing to... No, because people would think yeah. only people over 40 would like an event like this. No, I think... I know the students come out like I crazy for these events. No, they do, and, and I think they know that... Uh, to, that it, it's not actually. This may be one of the o- maybe the only time in their lives that right. they actually get to see a Supreme Court justice in the flesh. Right, and be in the same room as him. Yeah. Uh, the twenty fourth of November would Mazal Tov be the appropriate uh, yeah, Mazal Tov salutation? Uh, you can also Mazal Tov. Mazal Tov. Okay. Uh, and Anything you can else? also say, I haven't yet. You know, our equivalent of Yashakach would be Chazaku Baruch, but that would be Baruch. after the event. Right. Uh, so at this so, stage, we just say Mazal And we'd love for you to come. Uh, 24th and you, and you of November. you wouldn't even have to walk. Will uh, <laughs> but I will but, but I'll, 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 I'll pay for the cab if you want. <laughs> what about parking? I'll pay for- <laughs> and one thing you will not be serving, because yes. it's not yet uh, Bo Bayom, you will yeah. not be serving the turkey latkes at that point. I, That'll no, be reserved for Hanukkah no, itself. I, I would, if I had to guess, I would think that would be right. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> you uh, never know. You never know. You're not in charge of the menu. We will not be lighting a minurki. That much I can guarantee. It's always a delight to welcome you here. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be back here. Uh, Rabbi Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik, Wednesday up at Yeshiva University on the 24th of November, his installation at Sheirith Israel, the Spanish and Portuguese synagogue. This is JM in the AM.
JM and the AM. Thursday morning, 53 degrees, cloudy skies, and a high temperature of 68. That's Shema done by Baruch Levine. An amazing lineup coming up on January the 12th at the uh, Hask uh, Summer Program 40th Anniversary Celebration, which we call a time for music number 27, happening January the 12th at Lincoln Center in New York City. Avramel, Avram Fried, and a whole host of amazing uh, performers will be presenting a great musical evening for everybody. I want to thank Avram Fried for being here yesterday. Uh, it's, of course, the Hask Summer Program a time for Music 27, and uh, with us live via telephone, Dina and Moshe Kindlerer. The Kindlerer family over the years has been <clears throat> synonymous with the amazing work of Camp Hask. Hard to believe they are celebrating 40 years, but it is a fact. And uh, Dina and Moshe Kindlerer, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Great to speak to you. Okay, uh, Moshe, why is it? That the Kindlerer family for all these years, I can only imagine the first time we spoke about Hask on the air, must go back a long, long way. Why is it that your family is synonymous with the amazing work of Camp Hask? Oh, boy. Oof. The truth is, actually, it's a good thing my wife is on the phone, because uh, <laughs> our relationship with Hask, I think, starts with uh, with my wife's family, and I'll let her talk. Dina, go ahead. Hi. Um, basically, my sister Nama went to Camp Hask ever since she was a little girl, and um, I grew up taking her to Hask in the summer and picking her up and going on visiting day, and um, and then many years later, I was in college, and I worked in Camp Hask, and I met Moshe Kindler at Camp Hask, <laughs> and I met Baruch Kindler at Camp Hask, which is Moshe's brother. One of our favorite people. And all of his sisters at Camp Hask. <laughs> and our joke is, is you, know, you know the joke in the Kindler family. Yeah, what's that? They that? are Nachum. That who is? The, meaning we, we believe, it's, it's family lore, that uh, my brother and Dina's sister are Arshad Khanim. <laughs> meaning they didn't, I mean, they didn't really, they didn't collect the Shad Khanim or anything like that, but they, they did bring us together. So Naama and Baruch are recognized as the official Shad Khanim for the Kindler. Definitely. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that very much. Uh, so when you were a staff member, Dina, your sister was still in camp, right? She was, yes. So what do you remember from the uh, close-up experiences, not just dropping her off and uh, wishing her a good summer and seeing what happened many weeks later, but the day-to-day activities and the day-to-day time that she was having at camp? It's just amazing. Like, it's an amazing, amazing place. There is so much love for these kids, and, you know, they just, there's just activity after activity like in any other camp. Every day is another theme of something going on. Um, the counselors, they've most, a lot of them have never done this before. Right. They just want to do a nice thing for the summer. It's a chesed. And they're just amazing with these kids. They just show them all the love in the world. And the fact that these kids are getting a summer away and the families of these kids are getting a summer without their child is just an amazing, amazing summer for everybody. Dina and Moshe Kindler via telephone. So we always one of the things we talked about for the last 20 years on this show is the transition that that uh, you know kids especially those who uh, have never done this type of work before the transition that they have in camp, you know, the first few days and things like that. Uh, was it really easy for you Dina because of uh, you know 
the the way your family was and that you were uh, you know used to difficult situations like this? I mean, it was probably easier for me than it was for some other people. You know, I was very exposed to this kind of world before. I had my sister. We were very involved in many um, organizations, you know, with this kind of work in where I grew up in Montreal. And um, so for me, it was probably a little easier. But the truth is, is that it still is a hard experience. You're not exposed to all these kids. A lot of them have all different kinds of things going on. And... um, but it's amazing to see these people that really, like, I come from a family where I had a sister and, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of this before. A lot of these kids have not, and they're just naturals. They're amazing. They're just, the love they show these kids is unbelievable. How long were you on staff? I was there for three years. Moshe, how long were you on staff? I was there for five years, but I think it's time to let your listeners know something interesting. I actually almost never didn't get hired by (laughs) Camp Hass. I walked into my interview saying, hey, I have a brother with Down syndrome. I know everything there is to know about special needs. You have to hire me. And let's just say that that attitude did not work that well. So uh, it was. I almost, did, I almost didn't get hired to be in, in Ask. Talk about making a first impression, huh? <laughs> so it was. It was actually. It was funny. I recovered from it, uh, and the truth is, there was actually a lot to learn. Even though I, I thought I knew a lot about the world of special needs, and and we've continued to learn. But uh, uh, you know, I just wanted to share that that funny humor. It wasn't so funny at the time when yeah. I was nineteen and trying to go to Ask. I can imagine. I, I mean, I know I know Baruch a little bit, as you know, and yeah. we see each other. You know, probably more often than. Uh, then I see others who uh, have spent time at Hask, and uh, he, he seems like the type of young man that just flourishes in an atmosphere like that. What were summers like when you observed what he was doing up there? Summers were great, actually. Nachas, before I answer that, I, 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 I probably, you probably find that it's rare that anyone gives you nachas for your kids, but I want you to know that your son, uh, who works, who actually spends time with Baruch, has been a very important factor in his life, and I just wanted to share with you, just so you know, that the, the Siegel family is really... Uh, has always been important to us, but uh, in the last year or so, uh, uh, with what Binyamin is doing, uh, just has even taken up another notch. Well, thank so you very much. I to give you a little bit of nachas. I appreciate that, and I think he's about to pass the torch to another seagull, so I think that that. That's what I hear. That's yeah. what I hear. Thank Correct. you very much for that. So what do you remember with your eyewitness accounts up at Ask in regard to Baruch? Uh, Baruch loved it. He, he loved it there. He actually was not there that many years, uh, but for the years that he was there, it, it's, I want to tell you, it's amazing to me. He still keeps in touch. There's still people who are his counselors who still call him to this day. Um, it's just uh, the and, and and you saw even then the relationships that he had. Uh, you know, he was he's ten years younger than me, so there's always a bit of a gap. But uh, you could see he just loved. He, you know, like 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 most of us, he just enjoyed being with people who loved him, cared for him, uh, just you know really trying went out of their way to have a you know wonderful time summer with him. And, and what's beautiful about Hask actually is for many families. It continues even after the summer, you know, with the Simchaton and the concert as well coming up. It just it just goes on and on. Uh, and multiply that, folks, by the hundreds each and every summer, and then multiply that by 40 years, and you see how many people and families have been uh, helped by the amazing work of Hask. It's hard to believe that it's uh, 40 years that the camp's been around. Pretty incredible. And this concert cannot be better placed, right? I guess uh, originally... Nobody gave it a second thought when it was done in January. But Dina and Moshe, you'd have to admit, as you just said, that if you want things to continue all year round, the dead of winter is the best time for this concert because, again, it gives the campers a uh, a, a chance to uh, to focus on Hask, right? You know, as as everyone else is going through a regular school year. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Middle middle of the, so January is the right time for the concert 
for me, whenever I think of concerts, the, the, the premier concert is always is always going to be the, the Hess concert in January. And then, of course, it's the uh, it's the uh, time for the calendar to move the other way, and all of a sudden, everyone's starting to focus on summer again. <laughs> so it's perfectly placed. It's like the fulcrum of the camping season. Believe it or not, people, uh, it's fine. It's amazing how people focus on. Uh, Camp Hask all year round. You can go to HaskConcert.com for information about January the 12th. HaskConcert.com for information. Is this now uh, is this now going to a next generation? Do you know a lot of kids of staff members you were with, or uh, I don't know, maybe younger siblings of staff members you were with? Hard for me to calculate the math, where they would be at this point, everybody, uh, that are continuing the tradition and working at Camp Hask? Yeah, the, the answer is that I'll, I'll let my wife maybe respond, but the, we, we certainly see it in our community, our home community of Teaneck, many, many families. Um, and it's actually hard for us to believe that we're getting older now. We have children in high school already. I'm sure it's hard for you to believe as well, yeah. you know, that, that, that they are, their kids are running to be counselors in Camp Ask. And, and it's really, a, it's very, very nice for us to see that. It's amazing. And a lot of these kids aren't even old enough because I think you have to be a certain age to work there. Right. I don't really know the exact age, but um, these kids, like, they'll become a mother's helper so that they guarantee a spot to be a counselor when they're old enough. Simple as that. They want to be part of this experience, Mm -hmm. and they want to get there as soon as possible and start it, which is pretty amazing, I'll tell you. What's it like when you leave? What's it like when you put in your three years, your five years, is the next summer one where you're just uh, wishing you were back up there, or it was time to move on? Was that our? Were we married that summer? Uh, there's some dispute as to whether we were going out or not in the last few summers, but uh, we, we're not going to discuss that on the air. Um, but uh, we do. We, the answer is: is I, we look back. I look back. At least I hope my wife agrees with me on this one. Though there is again some source dispute uh, as to you know where we were in our relationship. But the point is, uh, I look back at those years as the best years, the best summers of my life. So without question. But what is the next summer like? You leave after five years. What's the next summer like? Great regrets, or you just knew it was time to move on? If for us, it was, it was. We actually did get married the year after. Right. Um, so it was for at least for Dina, and it was a total letdown this summer not being at Hesk. I mean, there are married couples who continue to be staff members. Am I right or wrong? There are. Yes. I mean, it does happen. Yes. There are families that have probably been at, at Hesk for for over a decade. They're over a decade at this point. Who, st- who stick around and uh, are working there yeah. during the summer. By the way, you know, we, we go up to Has, you know, talk about as I opened up this conversation and said that the Kindler family, you know, seems to be like the champions of Has, and I know there are other families like that as well, but I don't think that it's wrong to give you that distinction. So I get to Has because we did a, a radio show from there, a JMNAM show right after Tishabov this past summer, you know, at the height of the season when everybody was, thank God, very happy to see us and it was a great celebratory atmosphere. And sure enough, I see your sister, uh, Moshe, there at camp. So, you know, for some people, it is, it's not easy to leave. Well, the joke <laughs> in my family is that, of course, Ray, my sister has never left camp. So <laughs> that, that is correct. Razel is one of those people that never left. <laughs> Even the summer she took off, she was still there, huh? She was still there. <laughs> and I just want to say that's an interesting dynamic that you see, by the way. It, uh, you see at the end of the summer, you know, ex-former staff members, they just want to go back for a Shabbos. They want to go back for, some, for Sunday, Alumni Day. You know, they just want to at least taste a little bit. Uh, you know, even if they can't be there for the summer, uh, it just it, to me it actually just tells you how, what a special place it is, and you know, how many other summer jobs out there do you have people begging to, to come up for a Shabbos, be there for a, come just a visit, uh, yeah. you know, year after year. It's okay. certainly unique. You know, every reunion, every type of, uh, you know, where they where any type of day where they invite everybody back is always a big attraction. Celebrate 40 years of Camp Hask, everybody. It's on the site. 
if you go to uh, hasconcert.com. Avremel, who was here yesterday, A.B. Rottenberg, Diaspora, Ohad, Baruch Levine, who you just heard before this conversation, Benny Friedman, Eighth Day, are all part of the January 12th event at Avery Fisher Hall. It is a it is an insane lineup conducted that evening by Yisrael Lamb with the Nagino Orchestra. You can dial 718-686-5931, 718-686-5931. With us live via telephone, Dina and Moshe Kindler. They are very familiar with the work of Camp Hask. And I know that, uh, you know, it's a big congratulations, a big mazel tov on hitting 40 years. But Moshe, it's no secret in the Jewish world or any world that, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes things get old, and sometimes even after 40 years, you know, it's hard to maintain the standards of the day, so to speak. Uh, remarkably, Hask has done just that. In 2013, it looks like and feels like a 2013 state-of-the-art facility. Am I right? Yes, it does. It, it really looks beautiful. Uh, and, I, you know, it's interesting. You, you, say you, you talk about the number 40. You know, I just turned 40. And, uh, you know, for anyone who follows the world of special ed and special needs, you know that it seems like every ten years there are you know more and more advances and more and more you know and and, and Hask has, is doing its best to to keep up with them. You know we see you know it, it is a totally different world from forty years ago, from 1973 when I guess they started, uh, which is good because that's I, I can keep track that way because I'm also <laughs> forty years old. Yeah. Um, is is uh, you know the, the you see the world has changed from when my sister-in-law was was, was growing up in Montreal, my brother. Grew up in, in Queens. Our son now in uh, you know in, in, in I guess in Teaneck. Uh, the world continues to change. Special Ed continues to change, and the Hask is uh, moving along right right there with them. Yeah, it must be. And over forty, obviously, you're right. Over to forty years, but just year to year now. We see the difference actually at Camp Hask from the time we were there as counselors till today, because it's remarkable the things. I mean, they have they had they built a playground this summer, I believe. Right. Uh, amazing, um, sensory, tons of um, everything is accessible, of course, and it's just amazing. Yeah. They have, an, I think, another pool, um, more buildings. It's just beautiful. Every new innovation makes its way into Hask. Uh, we take this opportunity with the Kindlerers uh, live via telephone to wish Camp Hask a happy 40th because uh, the two of you are among two of the most well-known staff members in their history of the camp. I hope you'll accept the Mazel Tov wishes on their behalf. We'll take them. <laughs> wasn't ready for them, but we'll take them. And we will see you the night of January the 12th. We're encouraging everybody to purchase tickets and to support the Hask Summer Program. It's their 40th anniversary of the camp and the 27th time that everybody gets together at Avery Fisher Hall to celebrate with great Jewish music the accomplishments of Camp Hask. Avram Fried, A.B. Rottenberg, Diaspora, Ohad, Baruch Levine, Benny Friedman, Eighth Day, in an unprecedented lineup of the top names of the last 40 years in Jewish music. January 12th at Avery Fisher. Go to hasconcert.com or 718-686-5931, 718-686-5931. Dina, Moshe, thank you. For, oh, Moshe, we should put in a plug. How do people... Uh, how do people find your uh, amazing brand-new newspaper? Yeah, so, uh, Nachum, actually, I, I sent you the article this morning that I published uh, in August. Uh, you know, it's basically our way of saying thank you to uh, to the camp of the Jewish Link of Bergen County. You can find us at, uh, at Jewish Link BC. B stands for Bergen, C stands for County, JewishLinkBC.com. And thank God the, the paper uh, continues to grow and grow. And we're planning to go weekly, by the way, on, the, on our first-year anniversary, which... 
will be coming in the middle of March. So right now it's every other week, and in the springtime it's going to turn into a weekly newspaper. Yes, correct. Congratulations on that. Dina, thank you for joining us and accepting Mazel Tov wishes on thank behalf of Kent. Thank you for Kent. having us. A pleasure, and we will see you on January the 12th. Dina and Moshe Kindlerer. Happy 40th Camp Hask. Here's a great memory from a recent Hask concert as we continue at JM and the AM. I want to try. I always wanted to do this at a Hask show. Um, I want to try something. Let's see if it's going to work, okay? Whoa!
My time for music has led the way. It is my prayer that we meet again in Yerushalayim.
Times of life of courage through times of senseless hate Save your ways, give that smile and wipe our tears away Promise us there'll come a time when we'll always say Shout us now, shout us now J.M. in the A.M. It's Shabbos now. That's eighth day here on a J.M. in the A.M. Uh, what's today? Thursday morning broadcast. Lots of programming today on our stream at jmtheam.org. Don't forget, Charlie Harari is going to be uh, hosting a book of life. And that is uh, happening right after J.M. in the A.M. He will be uh, speaking to Sabrina Newman and Ken Soloway, two Orthodox singles, about some of the issues and challenges of dating and marriage in 2013. Dating is the topic between 9 and 10 this morning, right after JM and the AM on Book of Life with Charlie Harari. Uh, also at 11, at 10 a.m. this morning, Dr. Jacob Wise, director of the Yeshiva University Museum, joins Miriam L. Wallach to discuss the brand new exhibit, Threshold to the Sacred, featuring the door of the Ben Ezra Synagogue in Cairo and handwritten works of the Rambam. Plus, Bonnie Dara Michaels, collections curator at the Yeshiva University Museum, on the brand new report of 139 pieces of art looted by the Nazis and found in a Dutch museum. That's happening on um, this happening this morning at 10 a.m. on the stream, jmnam.org. From 11 o'clock until noon, 11 o'clock until 1, it's a live lunch that I'll be hosting. We'll be joined by, uh, we'll be joined in our Technology Today segment by um, Aaron Schechter of Adorama and uh, the geek neurologist, as he calls himself, Dr. Rudolph. <clears throat> They're going to be discussing uh, everything about TVs, LED, LCD, um, HD, everything, all the initials. <laughs> in preparations for the Dirshu Shabbos Chizuk Alom Day Torah, they're all in full swing. The I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but the Dirshu opened up this event for next Shabbos, and it is already sold out in its main facility. Apparently, they are taking uh, some facilities in the surrounding areas to accommodate the crowds, to accommodate the uh, all the people that want to come. And um, information about all of this, you can contact uh, Deershu and um, 
Officially, it's happening Parshas Vayetze, November 8th and 10th. Their inspirational Shabbos Chizuk Olom Dei Torah. The event will mark the momentous achievements of many thousands of Jews from all segments of the Jewish world who've learned with extraordinary, extraordinary accountability in an unprecedented way. The Shabbos will be graced with the presence of Gedoli Yisrael, Rashi Yeshiva, and Rabbanim from around the world. The Shabbos event is booked. Yeshu has arranged for the program on Saturday night, Matzei Shabbos, right after Shabbos, until approximately 8 p.m. to be accessible on the web. We are going to be carrying it on our stream at jmnam.org. So you'll have an opportunity to hear it literally right after Shabbos. And uh, we encourage everybody to do so. It'll be a uh, a very inspiring weekend, wrapping up with uh, very inspiring words on Saturday night. It's happening at the Somerset Doubletree Hilton. That is already sold out. And they are uh, trying to accommodate people by using some of the smaller facilities around it. So yeshikach to our friends at Deershire. We'll talk more about this on Monday and remind everybody to uh, be on our stream right after Shabbos next week to hear the words of inspiration from the Deershu Shabbos. Or I should say the Deershu Matzai Shabbos. The Sephardic minion of Avas Achimene, Jacob and David in West Orange presents the Shloshim of Maran Avadi Yosef Zal with uh, Harav Yoshiao Yosef Pinto happening on November the 5th. That's Tuesday night, November the 5th, with speeches by Rabbi Zwickler and Rabbi Sharbat, a Siamishnayis and dinner, and Marif to follow. Rabbi Pinto will be there, and um, you are encouraged to commemorate the Shloshim of Maran Avadi Yosef at Avasachim and A. Jacob and David, 700 Pleasant Valley Way in West Orange, this coming Tuesday night. Information, you can contact the synagogue. We'll do more of our community calendar uh, all through the day on our stream at jmnam.org and tomorrow morning here at jmnam. Don't forget, tomorrow, Malcolm Honline will join us for the weekly update. Those of you who do not tune into this radio program on Friday, I have a very, very strong recommendation for you. Make sure to tune in. Malcolm Honline joins me for the weekly update Fridays at 7.40 Eastern Time here at 91.1 FM on all our affiliates and, of course, on the stream at jmtheam.org.
He's amazing, Shlomo Katz. He is amazing. Curry Bone off the Live in Melbourne CD. JM and the AM, a great programming all day long. Make sure to keep it on our stream at jmtheam.org. Don't forget to vote for Tuesday nights, 9 at 9. Go to the uh, NahumSiegel.com website. At the very top, you'll see the 9 at 9 link. Make sure to vote. Yossi Zweig is anxious to see who you're going to be voting for this week. Avram Fried actually won it this week with Mind Fillin. Then he shows up the next morning here at JM in the AM. That could not have been any better timing. If you missed our conversation with Avramel yesterday, make sure to check it out on the stream at jmnam.org. He's, of course, headlining at the Haas concert this year. And you'll hear his brand-new CD if you uh, check out yesterday's conversation in the archive section of our website. Charlie Harari on the topic of dating coming up next on our stream at jmnam.org. Uh, Miriam Alwalek with a couple of uh, distinguished museum guests coming up on the uh, That's Life program between... 10 and 11 this morning. I'll speak to you at 11 a.m. Eastern Time from the Thursday live lunch. Achinu Bishrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. want to thank the Kindleraers for joining us earlier about the 40th uh, anniversary of Camp Hask. I thank both Dina and Moshe Kindler for that. I want to thank Rabbi Mayor Soloveitchik, always a much sought-after guest of ours here at JM and the AM for coming in this morning and being part of our program. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and uh, for spending some time with us. Have a fabulous Thursday. Keep it at jmandam.org all day long. You'll be glad you did. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.